Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to an emergency episode of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends and part of the United WeCast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1, you can hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you will be able to read me soon, someplace. I promise. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. All right. As I mentioned, this is a emergency pod. It is coming after the NBA draft. Not a whole lot in the draft that really merits uh, an emergency pod episode, but the injury of Clay Thompson does. I also want to get into some questions that I have about the NBA draft, specifically the reaction by a multitude of the players that were drafted and why we saw the reaction that we did. But first to the Clay Thompson news. For those who are not aware, Clay was working out the morning of the draft down in LA and sustained an Achilles tendon injury. The injury is to his right Achilles, and that is important because he missed all of last season with a torn ACL in his left knee and has now been ruled out for this season. I got the news or was hearing about it that it was undefined really bad uh, during the draft, and then heard that it was an Achilles, and first of all, I feel terrible for Clay. Anybody who knows him knows that he's a baller. He just loves to play, and last year not being able to play was absolute torture. Hanging with his dog Rocco and playing hoops are really the two major things in his life, and the idea that he's now going to have to miss a second season in a row is just devastating. My heart goes out to the entire Thompson family. Look, in the big picture, it's not, there's a lot of people that are suffering out there, but nonetheless, uh, in the context of this, I just feel really, really gut shot for Clay and those around him. That said, the backstory here is going into the draft, the days before the draft, I was hearing all kinds, and as you do, 
you hear all kinds of crazy deals being thrown out of the, out by various teams or supposedly being discussed by various teams and most of them you dis you you disregard or you make a call or two and you find out there's no truth to it or a text you find out pretty quickly whether it's got any legs or not one of the most intriguing ones that i got that i immediately wanted to dismiss was the idea that the warriors were in the sweepstakes for james harden now on the face of it for the way that Joe Lacob in particular and the Warriors in general have operated, it makes sense that they would sit a spitball and try to take a shot at him and see what they could get. I heard there was a specific offer on the table that it was Clay, the number two pick this year, and Minnesota's 2021 first round pick, which the Warriors also have as a result of the deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves sending D'Angelo Russell there. I initially thought that's crazy. Yes, Joe Lacob is always looking to make a splash and going out and getting James Harden is the kind of splash he would be interested in. But you can't find a better running mate, a sidekick, teammate for Steph Curry in the backcourt than you can Clay Thompson. He is a superior defender he's his size of compensates for Steph being undersized he's a catch and shoot guy he has the ego that allows him to deliver 30 plus points in a quarter if you need it or take a back seat I'm here when you need me catch and shoot fits not ball dominant everything fits and obviously they came up together they won together so the idea that you'd bring a James Harden in and try and then give up these picks with the team at this nexus of having to think about what's the next iteration with Steph and Draymond Green getting older and the wear and tear from the five runs to the finals I just I didn't I, I it was hard for me to give it credence And then I started talking to some people and they actually said, no, it it makes sense. I would do it. And I was astonished. I said, why would you do that? And one of the first things that came up, and this was from somebody who not only knows and and has insight into the Warriors, but has insight into Clay Thompson, said, the view is that Harden is more durable. Now, Without question, Harden has been an Ironman, but so has Clay. I mean, this is the first, the knee was the first major injury that he'd had, and he'd played through all sorts of stuff. And I found that very curious, learning all of this days before the draft. Wasn't getting any traction in terms of that it was actually going to happen. So I really didn't pay it a whole lot of mind until I got the news that... Clay had suffered this injury. And then it wasn't me, but one of the the GMs that I had had contacted to find out whether they were hearing anything about this Clay Thompson James Harden potential deal. Texted me and said, "There you go. Durability is the question." So, what it leads me to believe is that for all of Clay's durability, there were signs, and this is where sports 
medicine and sports science has really gone where teams now can identify when a player is starting to run on tires that have a thin tread. They can diagnose this is someone whose body is on the precipice of breaking down. And I just wonder whether the Warriors were getting some indications of that with Clay, Because this is one of the things that I know, and I know this firsthand. And not to put myself in the same category of Clay Thompson as an athlete, but one of my hallmarks when, as a Division I soccer player coming up, was that I was relatively indestructible. I wasn't the fastest guy, wasn't the most flexible guy, but I just, I never got hurt. Or whatever, if I got hurt, I could play through it. Never any serious injuries. And I could train and play heavy minutes and not suffer any consequences. Until I had that first significant injury. And I share all this by saying that this is not my experience alone. This is from years and years of talking to other athletes, professional athletes, athletes much better than me, who have gone through the same experience. And essentially, you have that one injury on one side of your body. And for me, it was a badly sprained left ankle that I never quite rehabbed well enough. I'd also had meniscus surgery on my left knee, but I was young enough, freshman in college, and rehabbed it well and never had any repercussions from that. But the sprained, the badly sprained left ankle combined with the piece of cartilage that I'd had taken out of my left knee, now, uh, unbeknownst to me, I was compensating. And I was compensating on my right side. Eventually, needed right hip surgery. And then I needed left hip surgery. And it was just a spiral. And again, I know plenty of other, other athletes who have had this same experience. And this is what I'm seeing in Clay Thompson. This is why the left knee and the ACL and then the right Achilles is a harbinger of something that, and I hope I'm wrong, but looking at history, it it concerns me. And this is the overarching thing that has troubled me about all of the happy talk that the Warriors taking a year off, Steph Curry missing a year, Draymond Green essentially missing a year, that all of them were going to come back and that the Warriors were going to add a couple pieces and they were going to be right back to title contention. And it ignored the fact that when you go to five consecutive NBA finals and you play that deep into multiple seasons like that, that there is not wear and tear that you simply do not recover from. And look across the, the landscape of players, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Kyle Lowry. Look at players, it doesn't even five. Five is an extraordinary number of consecutive runs to the finals. Just guys who've played consistently deep into the postseason and have played hard, have issues, have surgeries, are never quite the same. They lose that half step like a running back who just takes one too many hits. It happens. LeBron James has given us all this false 
concept of what the human body is capable of. And I'll be honest, like there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. What LeBron has done physically, I don't care how many hundreds of thousands of dollars that he invests in his body. It's not as if these other guys don't do the same. It is beyond the realm of understanding that he has been able to play in as many consecutive finals, in as many long seasons as he has, and has never suffered a serious injury. It defies what we know about <laughs> physical, the physiology of the human body and the NBA. Never seen anybody do it. Have never, ever seen anybody do it. So I'll leave you to your own uh, determination as to why that is or how that is. Maybe he's just that one-of-a-kind, extraordinary athletes, human beings, combined with sports science and his understanding of it, that he's been able to avoid it. But it defies logic. I'm just I'm just telling you. What has happened to Clay Thompson and to Steph Curry and to Draymond Green is what generally happens. Jason Kidd, after going back-to-back NBA Finals with New Jersey needed to have microfracture. John Stockton, same deal. Uh, those things weren't uh, advertised in a big way, but nonetheless, they did. And oh, by the way, Jason Kidd, microfracture, and then had to have hip surgery a little bit later. It's called the triangle. You get an injury on one side, then you get an injury on the other side of your body for compensating, and then you get a second injury on the original side. And I hope I'm wrong when it comes to Clay Thompson. But this situation and what we've seen with the Warriors over the last year, it wasn't like they could just have a year of rest and come back. There is something that NBA minutes, and particularly NBA playoff minutes, take out of a body, especially when you are one of those players the team leans on because you've got to play those hard minutes and you've got to play through nagging injuries. Otherwise, your team has no chance. We're seeing the same thing with Andre Iguodala. I could go down the line and the list of players who are never quite the same. They win championships and they may take subsidiary roles and they may continue to play, but there's, and they may even find a way to compensate but they have to compensate. So, back to the rumor. Two first-round picks and Clay Thompson for James Harden. And what someone who knows Clay and knows the Warriors told me is it made sense. And it made sense not just because Harden was more durable, but because they needed to take more off of Steph's plate. That... The Warriors would be better served if Steph Curry doesn't, didn't have to carry as much responsibility for scoring. And while Clay is a scorer, what makes him a nice match with Steph is his defensive ability and his catch and shoot. He's really not a playmaker. James Harden, I don't know that he's a first-class playmaker, but certainly more of a playmaker. And as said, is durable. So when all this came down, I was like, hmm, maybe there was credence to that rumor, that speculation. It, it, it made sense 
after the fact. Now, moving forward, I'm sure, and I've heard it on draft night, Warriors don't want to overreact. Clay will be back. Yes, he will be. And hopefully he resumes his career and gets back to some semblance of what he was. But make no mistake about it. The Warriors need to turn the page. And this is where maybe they're fortunate that the Harden trade didn't happen. Because I look at the number two pick this year, and I look at the Minnesota pick for next year, and my feeling is they need to prepare to turn the page. Don't continue chasing. Saw this same thing happen with the San Antonio Spurs. And again, this is another conversation I was having as a result of the rumors out there that LaMarcus Aldridge was going to be traded. I was hearing Boston was one place. I heard the Warriors <laughs> were, were in, in the mix for LaMarcus. Not sure that I buy that. Boston kind of makes sense. Although Danny Ainge is always looking to do something, is you know, eager to get into the James Harden conversation, reports have, which Danny's always ready to get into every conversation, but his batting average in terms of deals actually done, not very high. For every five Danny Ainge, Boston Celtics wanna, are, are hot and heavy to get into this sweepstake, whether it's Anthony Davis or anybody else, the times that they actually pull off something is not very high. Uh, Danny has a tendency from what I've heard from GMs is that he dangles a lot of assets that he's willing to give up. But then when the true uh, conversation happens, he's always coming up a little short. He gets frugal, shall we say. But the rumors surrounding Lorcus Aldridge took me back to when the San Antonio Spurs originally signed him as a free agent. And my first thought was, Marcus Aldridge really doesn't have the Spurs DNA. I like LaMarcus. I think knowing everything that I know about him, it's remarkable that he's had the career that he's had. He's persevered. He's come over, uh, overcome a ton of insecurities and a childhood that was troubling and had a big effect on him. I think you can probably dig up my ESPN the magazine uh, piece on LaMarcus for the details on that. But nonetheless, their real target in free agency that year was Marcus Gasol. That's the guy that they wanted and who does fit their DNA. And he wasn't looking to leave Memphis. So ultimately they couldn't get that done. But they had Tim Duncan, they had Manu Ginobili, they had Tony Parker, and they wanted to squeeze out. They wanted to take another run at another championship. They wanted to try to get one more out of those guys. And so they took that free agency opportunity and they convinced themselves that they could bring LaMarcus along and he could be the piece that would get them over the hump and they could still get it done. Not their first choice, but ultimately you can't get Mark, get LaMarcus. And that's what happens is... It's chasing the dragon. And the Warriors right now, whether they know it or not, they're chasing the dragon. They're trying to squeeze one more championship out of Steph, Draymond, and Clay. 
instead of looking at it and saying, man, it was a great run. And I'm sure there's a feeling uh, among people in the organization that they want to do right by Steph and Dre and Clay and continue to pursue championships. I mean, we, we heard it with the Houston Rockets. They've changed over everything. They haven't even won a championship and they're telling James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and anybody else who will listen that they are still in championship mode, which is crazy because they're haven't been they haven't been a champion yet but it's the same thing look time to turn the page i know when you get that close the thought if we can just add one more piece if we can just tweak this we can get there and maybe in some instances that applies it doesn't apply for the houston rockets and it does not apply for the golden state warriors they've had their run and they have some serious rebuilding to do. So this idea that in the next year or two, they could add a piece that is going to change their fortunes is just unrealistic. And there's one thing to entertain it and to still seek it. And then there's another to invest your resources to do that one thing. Again, it's what the Houston Rockets have done. Rockets are in a mess right now. Their ability to get better is not very good, simply because Daryl Morey left the cupboard bare. He's gone on to Philadelphia, been very proactive, done some very aggressive things. That's what Daryl does, and it's why he's a very good GM. But he didn't leave the Rockets in a very good place. So uh, there were a lot of assets that were spent on something that ultimately came up short. And now the Rockets are going to pay the price as opposed to Daryl Morey being there to pay the same price. This is where Sam Presti has been an extraordinary GM with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Have they won a championship? No. But he's continued to keep them viable and flexible and competitive without ever going completely down the rabbit hole. Cleveland Cavaliers went down the rabbit hole. I believe you're going to see the Lakers, when LeBron retires, go down that rabbit hole. They're expending every possible asset that they have in order to make it happen in the short term. And I actually don't blame them in winning this championship, but there's going to be a price to be paid. Maybe not as extreme with Cleveland, because LA, the Lakers, they can attract free agents. They can attract a higher class of player. But once LeBron is gone and there's no longer the promise of uh, a championship run or at least a run to the finals, then it'll be interesting to see how that plays. Houston is the same way. It's not Cleveland. It's not Charlotte. It's not the smaller markets. Um, There is some attraction to living in Houston and living in Texas, state, no state income tax, etc. So they are not going to get buried in the same way. But they still, it's, there's times where you just have to acknowledge you didn't, you didn't get to the top of the mountain or you've already had your visit to the top of the mountain and that is ultimately over. And that is where the Golden State Warriors find themselves, whether they or their fans or anybody else wants to acknowledge it. But I thought the most interesting development was 
just thinking about that rumor that I heard about the clay deal for Harden, the questions about clay's durability when you would think that that flies in the face of his history and that what went, then what we had happen uh, on draft day morning in LA playing pickup. And if you think that's just coincidence, then uh, I suppose maybe, but there's too many other things that make it fit together. And it really raises the question for me, why was I hearing from somebody who is in the know that the Warriors were concerned about Clay's durability? Did he have one of those bodies that once it broke down on one side, Iron Man type body, but once it broke down on one side, you knew that it was an avalanche coming uh, to his physicality and his health. Hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. Nothing I love more than watching Clay Thompson play because he's just pure about it. But I don't, I'm going to reserve my expectations and be prepared. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The last thing I want to get to is something that I found extraordinary watching the draft, semi-watching the draft, in that I just didn't feel as if there were going to be any significant game changers when it came to who was drafted and the balance of power in the league was not going to be affected by this NBA draft. But what caught my attention were the number of players who were in tears or reacted emotionally to being drafted. I don't know that I've ever seen that many guys break down in tears to be beside themselves. RJ Hampton was, was, was tearful before the draft. And then any number of guys were crying during. Some was because their life had changed and they were just joyful and they were tears of joy. And then there were some that were crying because... They were abjectly disappointed that they had gone as late as they had. Now, one of the differences, obviously, with this being a virtual draft is the fact that the league is very careful in who they invite to the green room. They never want to have players that are in the green room and end up not going as anticipated. So they canvass the league to make certain that the guys that they invite to the green room that are going to be on national TV, that are going to have cameras on them with every pick, uh, are going to be picked sooner rather than later so that we don't have the cameras swinging to the guy as yet another name is mentioned and it's not his and you see him crestfallen. They try to do a very good job of that. And that wasn't a factor here. So... It was, we're tuning in to every guy who gets picked, for the most part, and seeing him react. I also wonder whether the tears came because 
guys weren't separated from their families for the most part. And they weren't in the incubator surrounded by other players going through the photo sessions and the interviews. And uh, I think there's something that steals a human being, a player for the big moment when they're separated from their families, as opposed to being at home uh, on their couch or surrounded only by loved ones when the big moment comes and that that could have contributed to the emotions that we saw. I also wonder whether social media has an influence. I see this because my daughter is going through college recruiting now for for basketball and she is hyper aware of every other player, athlete, not just at her school, but in our community, not even just our community, but in the Bay Area, across the nation. She's conscious of everybody who's getting an offer, everybody who's committed, and it has it creates a, a stress and a pressure in terms of who's going where. And I would think that that's tenfold for a player who's expected to be drafted and what they're hearing through their social media feeds. And I wonder whether that had an influence on some of the emotions that we saw, especially those that were disappointed in ultimately where they went. And I think immediately of Kenyon Martin's son. And this is where, you know, as an aside, I don't envy Bronny James or any of LeBron James's kids because he has set the bar so incredibly high. And I think of Kenyon Martin going number one, and his son being a late second round pick. And I haven't done enough investigation to know whether those were tears of joy or whether it was disappointment or relief. But I just think your dad went first in the draft and you know what his expectations are, his hopes and dreams are for you and what yours are. And you're a late second round pick. And it's extraordinary. I mean, to have your son follow in your footsteps and make it to the NBA as difficult as it is to do that. It should be an unremitting time for joy. And yet, I know how this goes. You know, there are expectations and there are hopes and dreams. And I can imagine where those might not have been answered in the way that uh, KJ uh, had hoped that they would be. So I ultimately am not sure what led to all of the tears that we saw on draft night. But I'm planning on exploring that with a sports mental health coach because I'd be very interested to find out what he thinks the impact will be. And quite honestly, the impact going forward. And maybe it's just the last six, seven months of uncertainty. I mean, this is this has been an unusual path for all of these guys. Very unusual circumstances for guys to, to be drafted. It's the same for college athletes. I think about those that are being recruited, like my daughter, and those that are freshmen in college and don't are not having the normal freshman college freshman experience or college freshman athlete experience. It's a weird time. Seniors in high school, same deal. I mean, all of us, quite honestly are having experience that is jarring and no doubt is affecting people's mental health 
in a major way. All right, that does it for this special edition of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends, and part of the United WeCast network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Helps us with our sponsors. Helps us know what we're doing right, what you'd like to see different. Uh, Whatever rating you want to give us is fine. I just love to have the feedback. In the next podcast, we will be past all of the heavy lifting when it comes to free agency. And we will be on the cusp, believe it or not, of training camp. So we'll take a long, deep look at where teams are as far as expectations with this new 72-game season. Something that I also want to dive into because I believe that the NBA, a lot of good is going to come out of what we've gone through over the last year and the reshaping of the NBA season and how it does business and how it competes, playoff format, all of that. I believe there are some very good things that are going to be a result of having to adjust on the fly. But all of that in the next podcast. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.